to the Caspian Podcast, the podcast with the Caspian Post, with me, Mark Elliott. Welcome to the Caspian Podcast with me, Mark Elliott. Today, a very exciting day for us. We've got Gela Bejuashvili, I hope I've said that right, who was, uh, well, he, having spent a whole career working through the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, he rose as far as being the actual Minister of Foreign Affairs. Get that? We've got a real minister on our podcast. Um, and that was in a very exciting time too. But he's gone on since then to be a director of um, intelligence in Georgia over several regimes. And now I believe is proudest of all of being um, running a school or running, organising a whole international school. And of course, being Georgian, he has a vineyard and uh, a winery. Now, I've probably got that all wrong. Gellard, tell us what I got wrong. Hi, Mark. Yeah, pleased to be a guest on your podcast and congratulations for the project that uh, that I, I hope uh, will uh, put some light on um, quite complicated but fascinating region. Oh, it uh, is, yeah. So, so, so diverse culture, culturally, uh, so diverse uh, from many perspectives historically. So um, I, I would yeah, be well, pleased to I, talk I mean, about any, any topics that would be of interest of your Yeah, audience. well, one of the things, like, I first went to Georgia back in the mid-1990s, and I, I'm fascinated to see how the world that I saw through my traveler's eyes would compare to you, you know, working your way through the ministry and, and rising to, to such dizzying heights as a minister. So just put you back for people that hadn't seen Georgia in the 1990s. It was a shambles, wasn't it? The whole country had collapsed. Um, I remember visiting some friends who were in the 12th floor in Guldani, which was a, a, an area of Tbilisi right on the outskirts. There was, there was no electricity, well, barely any. Uh, the, the, certainly the lifts didn't work. The water ran once or twice a week. Um, and then, oh, you know, but the, the, the hospitality was incredible. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rather selling Georgia, but I love the place. Um, and the people just made me absolutely excited to come back and then what i noticed around about 2004 um when sakashvili came to power suddenly there was a complete change that's how it seemed to me but what's exciting for me is you were there you were part of this what how did such change happen and is it true that you really fired the entire police force <laughs> yeah well um yes interesting times and um really um uh, really, I'm proud, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a gift uh, that I I got a chance to serve my country in that uh, period of time, period of great change, yeah, really. uh, very challenging moments. Um, proud of our achievements, you know, reflecting all our mistakes. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, just to start with, what you have said about your experience traveling to the region. Uh, the other day, I recollected the uh, meeting when I was a minister, a meeting with my Norwegian colleague uh, in Oslo, and we were talking about our partnership, our you know two countries, the cultures, and he put uh, the book uh, written by uh, <clears throat> you probably know this book uh, the, by a great Norwegian. Knut Hamsen, and Knut Hamsen traveled to Caucasus from St. Petersburg, uh, end of 19th century, and he had written a book in 1903 called In Wonderland. And the book In Wonderland is about his experience of traveler from North Caucasus 
down to Tbilisi and Baku then, and then travel to Turkey. And uh, actually two thirds of the book is about his uh, uh, emotions and reflections on Georgia. Well, that's and, a funny uh, thing, because I, I remember when, when I, was, I was setting out to go to Central Asia, and I met a, a lady, um, Inga Gogorodze, who's now a musician in Georgia, but I met her on the train and she said, just come for one day to my uh, family's house. Uh, weeks went by. I, 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 you know, it was almost what they called terrorist hospitality. Absolutely amazing hospitality. They had nothing. And they fed me and they took me to uh, wine, gave me wine. They, they showed me such hospitality. I've, I've often thought that the two most hospitable places in the world are Georgia and Iran. The only difference is Georgia, you must drink. and Iran, you mustn't. <laughs> Right, right. But you know why I recollected that uh, Knut Hansen emotions? Because, you know, it's end of uh, 19th century, uh, Georgia, um, quite different. Um, uh, but uh, the um, hospitality still is here, as it was 200 or 300 years ago. Uh, it's part of our culture, part of our identity and our genes. Uh, but, you know, he, Knut Hansen, why, why I remember this vividly, and I always cite this book to my um, friends, uh, foreign friends who travels to Georgia because, you know, the, the, the Norwegian uh, was so excited about diversity. Uh, he has seen, for example, in Tiflis, when he entered Tiflis, and that's, I quote, he said, you know, I've never seen the place when 70 languages, different languages spoken. 70? You know, he, 70. It's a 19, can you imagine? Because it was a center of trade in, yeah. in a region, you know, it's a Silk Road, and something, and he he has a fantastic description of different people he met, different nationalities, different religions. When he entered the uh, mosque, then the synagogue, then the Georgian church, then the, the Catholic church, all in one place. So this is a region. This is a spirit, you know. And Knut Hansen's reflections and, and emotions are still here, and that's why when you now. Uh, I, I, the other day, uh, a week ago, with my um, American friends, we went to, um, you know, the sense got that uh, the restaurants now are open uh, due to the wow. restrictions on pandemic. So uh, in one of the uh, wine bars, uh, we entered the wine bar and I saw so many foreigners um, enjoying themselves, speaking the different languages. There were, you know, uh, Jewish people speaking Hebrew. There were uh, Americans, English, French, German, you know, sometimes Russian. So I said, my gosh, you know, the Knut Hansen was right and nothing has changed. You know, 200 years ago, uh, still yeah. diversity is here, which is great strengths. Um, and actually what happened in this country, as you described since 1990 to up to now, is a, is a fundamental transformation. Yeah. It's a transformation of minds, not only infrastructure, not only, you know, now Tbilisi is one of the enlightened cities in the region. You know, you can, uh, if you travel to Gudani now, you will see it's like a Manhattan now. <laughs> you know, you know, literally, literally oh, speaking. That's, yes. that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but that's, that's, that's important. But the most important is transformation of minds in the people mindsets. Um, the, the greatest achievement of our team and the team of young enthusiasts, you know, I was 36 years old when I uh, got um, a first minister of defense and then 38 years old, I was a foreign minister. My prime minister was 29 years old. 
And uh, we, we had a set of, you know, young, enthusiastic um, people who wanted uh, to achieve their lifetime goal is to build your own country. Of course, not without the difficulties, you know, uh, in order to fight corruption, you need to sometimes make uh, very difficult and drastic decisions. And so these decisions are not always in line with the, um, you know, uh, standards that uh, nowadays are established in, um, in Europe. Well, I, so I do we remember, have... I, I mean, I remember when I was about 2000, so it's the old regime, um, and the yeah. police were so, I, I remember I, I got mugged and, and my bag was stolen and I went to the police um, and they said, oh, since you're a writer and a foreigner, we're not going to charge you for, for filing a report. <laughs> um, yeah. And the locals so told me, no, no, the, the people will save you from the police rather than vice versa. Right. No, the situation has changed and that's, that's, that's an achievement. And I'm very proud to be part of, uh, was a part of that team, you know. Uh, imagine um, a young uh, man or, or woman who uh, loves uh, the country and wants to do something. And uh, we have done it. And we have done it. And I have uh, great stories to tell to my kids. Uh, I'm preparing myself and my family for grandchildren. So uh, I have some stories for grandchildren too. So this is a, something that that uh, someone asks themselves, what's the purpose of your life? What, what's, uh, what excites you? Why you leave? What, what's your uh, happiness? And my formula of happiness, and when you do something uh, big and you're proud of it and you can, it can stay, it can stay, overstay you, it can stay longer. So uh, I am very uh, lucky. Uh, really, I'm very lucky uh, that I had a chance to serve, uh, and that was a great privilege. And when we we talk such passionately about the performances that we made, the mis even mistakes that we made at that time, I mean, uh, the all is here around me. When I go on the streets now, I see police that, by all accounts, now is one of the most respected institutions in this country. Those corrupt pictures of corrupt police are no longer here. Yeah, you have a uh, you have a, a modern uh, military today that I'm very proud of to be part of a team that build up this military. You have one of the best services um, provided electronically from the point of view of uh, serving your citizens. We have uh, public service centers. We have uh, palaces of justice that are serving the uh, citizens uh, quickly, efficiently, uh, without any corruption. In the in transparency, and I so love, you have, I love, you you have a different Georgia now. Yeah, I I love this idea of 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 your great achievement being the changing of minds. And I I I was living in Belgium when the the, the revolution had brought Sakashvili and, and your um, that team to power. And I remember thinking, this is a whole new politician in the sense he came live on French TV speaking in French. And said, I, I won't do the French because it's not that good. But he he said, yes, we've we've changed the population. But you know what we need, what you need you to know is this is a beautiful country with beautiful women and delicious wine and fabulous scenery. And and, and imagine said with a French accent on French TV. And this was the most stirring piece of non-political politics that I, I remember ever seeing in my lifetime. And it's stuck with me ever since. I, I was 
and I thought, Mark, yeah. this is a, yeah, this is this is remarkable because what you said. I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it, I'm very pleased that you 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 mentioned it and you noted it because when you are a president or a foreign minister uh, of the country that is in the transition, that is struggling for uh, freedom, that is struggling with reforms, with a very difficult um, geopolitical neighborhood, internal problems, external problems. Um, and you are, in a way, uh, a salesman, uh, the best salesman of your country, is a foreign minister, is a president. And the, my president was a best salesman. Uh, I tried to catch up with him too. Uh, and when we were talking about our country, we, we were talking such a, in a, such a passionate way, in such an honest way, that uh, our audience was always um, uh, uh, accepting what we were about to say about the country, you know, mm -hmm. traveling to from country to country, begging investors to come and invest. Um, that was actually what we've been doing. And, and I remember one uh, story uh, you might find in your audience might find it interesting. And we were in a United Arab Emirates uh, hosted by a royal family. And um, uh, at that time already uh, two very, a big uh, investment funds from uh, United Emirates already decided and made a decision to invest in Georgia. And I, I remember the emirs were asking my president, um, Mr. President, what we, we can do for you? I mean, we want to give you a gift. Uh, and um, immediately, immediately, my president said, you know, I am building a new boulevard in Batumi. Please, can you provide a palm trees? for my Batumi city. And wow. you know, I had they no did, idea. they delivered. I... And now in Batumi, in a new boulevard, you have an old palm trees gifted wow. by uh, Emir's family from United Emirates as a gift to city of Batumi. And when you walk now on the boulevard in Batumi, and you know that this is something that you brought Mm. Uh, it gives you a lot of pride. It gives and, you a lot of pleasure. Just, it gives you a lot of happiness. Gela, let me just say, for people that don't know Georgia very well, I should point out that Batumi is a, a coastal city right near the Turkish border. It has a fascinating history, but uh, again in the 1990s uh, had been left in total ruins. There were burnt out Absolutely. old hotels uh, all along the coast. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if you go now, it's... <laughs> one of the most eccentric cities there are some crazy yeah. pieces of architecture it's an absolutely superb place and i think what you've done um again it's a mindset because someone has gone we don't won't just build hotels we'll build crazy and there's a sense of of all the eccentricities of of rustavelli almost in in a modern form the way that 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 is built in the and off off line sort of towers and and the the statues that intermingle it it's really and, and I, I again what you've done is you've given the idea haven't you, you created the ethos and yeah. that's I, I mean i do remember when i was first there and these buildings were being built a lot of very cynical people locals going but we don't yeah. even have any tourists what on earth is this about but yeah exactly exactly but you know i mentioned the two two key words you know and you need to be idealist and enthusiast and you need, and you must love your country. Then, then you can make a miracles. Um, and uh, just going back to Knut Hansen, uh, since you mentioned your reflections on Batumi, and the, the Knut Hansen traveled to Batumi. Uh, it was uh, 1899, I think, 1898, and he, he described Batumi as 
Uh, by the way, Batumi was built initially by by brothers nobles, and it's, oh, yes, it's actually yes, yes. For, yeah, for and the, you have, the Baku you have oil. A European European architecture still mm. there. Um, uh, they built it port at the time, uh, the Batumi port, in the, for transport of oil from Baku to Europe through Batumi uh, by ships. And then uh, uh, the Knut Hansen uh, describes Batumi as predominantly European city with a Latin American flavor in it. You see how eloquently said, huh? Latin American flavor in it. And it is, it has Latin American flavor in it. Yeah, well, uh, it certainly has a very can, special flavor, yes. Absolutely. And, and, and now you, you have a modern uh, city, uh, uh, coastline, I mean, uh, Black Sea, um, a lot of tourists, uh, a lot of uh, modern hotels, uh, places, museums, uh, very well developed. And you have, you have something that you did uh, relatively quickly. I mean, it was done in a short period of time, I mean, actually five, seven years. So it gives you um, a, a good uh, idea about how quickly you can do things if you have a political will to do it, if you are not corrupt, if you really want to make a change, and when you mobilize resources of your people. And that's, that's something that we have managed to do with all the things that, you know, the, the, the certain things we couldn't manage well. Yes, but some of the things, uh, really uh, um, uh, stays as a pride in, in my memories and I think in memories of all the people who yeah. work with me. Well, I think that's absolutely true. Now, we're, we're, we're sadly getting a little bit out of time. There are so many other questions I had wanted to ask you, but I, um, maybe we will hopefully get you back on for another turn later on. But uh, if, I, if, if you have advice to... Um, uh, the people of the rest of the region, you know, how... I mean, how do we... Um, share this sense of um, uh, rapid development of rapid sort of change of ethos and, and does, is it even needed or do you, do you perceive that throughout the region things are moving in, in, a, in a good direction? What, what are your feelings on that? Uh, well, Mark, I am, uh, uh, I'm optimist uh, because I see, um, I see opportunities in difficulties. Uh, when you have a difficulty, you need to see opportunities in every difficulties, and, and not vice versa. Uh, then, then there is no no way to progress. So, difficult region, difficult, complicated issues. Uh, but in my dreams, and my dream is that Caucasus, uh, my homeland, uh, is uh, is a small Caucasus, like uh, um, uh, Europe, when you have a Benelux three small, relatively the same size countries uh, living in peace, in prosperity. Uh, it is possible. It is possible here. I, I'm very optimistic about that. I think the time will come that the Caucasus will be Benelux of, of this region because such a potential in Azerbaijan, such a potential in Armenia, such a potential in Georgia. We all three, with all our differences, we have a lot of in common and we have, we have a lot of strengths that we need to build on. So it's not wishful thinking. It's what I truly believe. And I think if we could do similar things that we have done in Georgia, putting aside some of the ambitions and putting the country first, the putting a larger interest first and putting aside some of the differences, I think we can make, um, we, we can make a difference. And I, I truly believe that it is possible. 
Well, Gela, what an absolutely wonderful thought on which to to leave this, um, which has been the Caspian podcast uh, from the Caspian Post. Thank you, uh, Gela, and I do hope we'll be able to see you again on in a future uh, edition. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.